0: Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational.
1: Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salswell, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We're here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, again, we have a special guest in Dr. Matthew Cherhati, who has a Ph.D. in biology and a B.S. in computer science. He works at the UT Health Science Center, San Antonio. Carl, you had a question for Dr. Cherhati. Well, one of the criticisms that we hear frequently from the
0: evolutionists, the Darwinian uh, camp, is that creationists really can't be thinking people, so they must check their brain (laughs) at the door when they go into church and listen to stuff about Genesis and then they, they go to work if they go into some sort of scientific field, they must—they must not really believe creation if they're really working in science. Now, as a PhD,
2: was that a problem for you? No, I mean I think that statement is is patently false because um, fun- fundamentally I think that uh, it's a question of of you now is, is creation scientific, and uh, I think it is. Basically, science did not begin with Darwin. I mean that would be a very arrogant statement that all science started with our. Uh, Uh, point of view. And I think that that, uh, both evolution and creation, we both interpret scientific facts are the same, but their interpretations uh, are different and basically I can quote Genesis uh, chapter 1 verse 28 Uh, and God blessed them and and God said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth and uh, this uh, verse from Genesis basically says uh, is basically a mandate for science we can see the mandate for uh, uh, God commands uh, human beings to to do science in the early pages of Genesis since uh, if we have to subdue the earth and if we have to have dominion over it, we must uh, understand and know what nature is like. So therefore, God here is mandating uh, us to do to do science in order to grow over the earth and to use it wisely, of course. Now, as far as uh, yes?
0: when you went through your PhD. Training, uh, education. How much did you have to plow through evolutionary stuff before you actually got to the real science?
2: Well, the thing is, is that um, we learned a lot of uh, different facts in different subjects, uh, like, um, like like uh, about about like genome sequences, PCR techniques, techniques. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, we were given uh, consistently an evolutionary uh, interpretation of these facts. Uh, but I realized that if we take the same facts, we can give. Uh, a different uh, explanation to them. Um, let me mention, for example, that uh, that in taxonomy class, evolutionist teachers were they were sort of uh, forced to admit that uh, that many many species went extinct in in uh, some sort of deluge-like event. Mm-hmm. Now we as creationists, we we recognized that this was the the Genesis flood. For example, I went on an fossil hunt excursion with a paleontologist. We went to the the Gertrude Mountains, and you know, on the mountains, on the top of a hill, like in an elevated position. Okay, where would this be at? This would be be, uh, west of Budapest, (gasps) just west of Budapest. And we started digging, and then I found like like a bed of ammonites, which are sea creatures, Mm -hmm. but they were found elevated at the top of a a hill. Um, Or for example, uh, we were learning uh, molecular genetics and uh, the genetics professor uh, was wont to admit that in the gen- genetic past of the human species, genetic variation underwent a bottleneck effect, meaning that uh, genetic variation in the human genome was very constricted at some fairly recent point in our history. And again, we can re- recognize that they would give it some sort of evolutionary spin, but we as, as creationists, we recognize that, again, this was Noah and his sons. And this was uh, the, the flood of Genesis. Hmm.
1: So you don't see your faith interfering with your- your research and science—you see it promoting it.
2: Uh, absolutely, I mean, I mean, I see absolutely, absolutely no contradiction. Now, evolutionists themselves—they they stress objectivity, and so what I think is that then fine, very well. Let's start with uh, objective facts, with uh, evidence, with uh, like sequences or or uh, species or fossils, and let's look at them. And I mean, we are not beholden to any one specific interpretation. I think that I think that evolutionists are very authoritarian. Uh, they, they tend to just that "Well, everybody's an evolutionist." They're appealing to authority, but I appeal to facts. Let's study the, the facts. Then let's see how these fossils they, they fit in. We see that that the uh, uh, genomes tend to they tend to devolve. That the mutations destroy existing genetic material. So um, they can explain it all they want, but I believe that that if we look at at facts at uh, at uh, at the scientific data itself, creation can give a much stronger explanation. That's what I think.
1: You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to savsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today we have Dr. Matthew Cherhati with us, a biologist. I am sometimes asked during seminars and, and discussions I have, what do you think is the best evidence for creation? And one of my answers is DNA. Why do you think genomics refutes evolution and proves creation? I think uh,
2: genomics, is uh, it refutes uh, uh, evolution because basically, fundamentally, um, mutations, there, uh, no kind of mutations adds information to the genome. Like for example, we talked about uh, like different bacteria that they sort of acquire a new trait and that's basically because that uh, there's a repressor molecule which is repressing another gene from being expressed. But if this repressor uh, mutates or if it's taken away, then this other gene can express. So therefore, even though we're losing uh, genet- genetic material, this new trait, even though it's being expressed, it's due to loss of genetic information. Oh. <laughs> right. Or for example, evolutionists, uh, as I said previously, that, that uh, according to evolution, evolutionists have to explain how a bacterial genome transforms biomutations, uh, genetic information, into the human genome. And the best that evolutionists can, can really do is a process called uh, duplication and diversion. Now, a science paper has described that uh, the whole genomes of plant species can be duplicated. You've got all these tons of, of genetic new, new genetic material, but these these lineages don't really lead to new to new species. For example, in in human, we can see that that uh, uh, there's a trisomy, there's a duplication of uh, one of the human chromosomes. Uh, I think uh, three chromosomes can be duplicated. You have you have a bevy of new genetic information. But the poor individual ends up with Down syndrome, and you know that's not an evolutionary a- a- advantage. Correct. So uh, fundamentally, the process uh, of, of mutations—they don't add to the genome; they're detrimental. Very much akin to like thermodyna- thermodynamics, that that uh, natural processes—they don't build up; they're, they're rather destroyed. That genes fall out of the genome. Um, genomes tend to break up. There's like a continuous slew of new and new and newer genetic mutations which cause disease in the human genome. This sounds very much like uh, the work that that John Sanford has done.
1: Yeah, it it is. In our pre show, you were talking about there's almost an an organic association between communism and evolution. What are your thoughts on that?
2: There is a a strong organic uh, connection between evolution and communism. Marx dedicated Das Kapital, or capital, to uh, Charles Darwin, And uh, so basically what uh, communism says, uh, based on articles, I read dozens of articles, science articles, written in Communist Hungary in the 50s, 60s, they posit that first there was chemical evolution, and then biological evolution, and then human evolution. Human evolution continues in into societal evolution. And, so, and communists, they stated that oh, the ancien regime, the church, and, and the capitalist uh, s- uh, state will fade away and that, that the communist uh, political system will take over. And we will finally end up in, in a utopian state where everybody's equal, n- nobody believes in God anymore, and, and that that will be the best, the final uh, uh, station of, of human, humankind.
1: Carl, you were commenting that uh, you ran into some people that objected to that idea at a debate you did some years ago. Yes, one of the
0: things we pointed out was that evolution was used as the basis for promoting Karl Marx's ideas into communism. Absolutely. And communism is the biggest. Killer of human beings in, the, in society yeah. uh, in the past uh, 100 years. Hitler killed his millions, but Stalin killed his tens of millions. Yeah, and and uh, Mao uh, killed and, and Mao killed his hundreds of millions. Yeah. And yeah. Pol Pot so, killed some himself. And, and so these are all communists who used, who, who basically supported their belief in communism on evolution. Yeah. And evolution does have consequences. And people who are humanists yeah. and evolutionists must realize that their religious belief in evolution and uh, humanism has dire consequences.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I fully agree with that um, because, you know, if you look at communism, was a, was the first atheist state, purely atheist state, uh, led by atheist leaders where atheism was like the religion, uh, belief in God was completely denied. And look at what atheism, like really strictly consistent atheistic, worldview leads to. Mm-hmm. In atheism, there's no value for life. Uh, I would say that, that we're just animated matter. You turn matter into another form of matter, and it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so, because, but uh, if you believe in God, it, it says in Genesis we were made in the image of God, that uh, God made us special. There's a value to our life. It's no wonder that so many atheists uh, uphold abortion, uh, which is uh, one of the sins of our age. Um, so I think that, that uh, since in, uh, ever since Darwin, I think there was a philosopher who said that, that if we foresaw that, that uh, if Darwinism is widely accepted, then the gates of paganism and unbelief and the death will be flung wide open, and it'll have an effect on the way people, people think today. And for example, we, you can also tie uh, evolution to uh, abortionism, because basically in a single sentence, We, as a supposedly modern society, we have, uh, uh, we're an enlightened society, we believe that we can harness our own evolution, our own anthropological transformation, that we will then decide who is fit and who is unfit, and call the unfit from our number, meaning Down syndrome, or people who who have a genetic defect and who are deemed undesirable. And this is precisely what Margaret Sanger uh, expounded in her book Pivot of Civilization was a, a Hugh of the a
1: Eugenics Francis Colton thank you Matthew for your research information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page for more information or to schedule a presentation go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240 when you go to our website you can click on a link to our newsletter our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us also go to why should you believe.com, that is Terry website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective ABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7pm. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks there you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR the Word in South Texas website click on KSLR podcast scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lang, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salisdell, thanks for listening, and and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.